Um, we're going to be a little shorter today. Uh, I'm going to, that's hard to tell the preachers to be a little shorter. So we'll give it a whirl. Uh, but before I do that, I'm going to do two things. One, um, because we're dealing with families and such, there, there's a young family in our church. Their little girl's in the hospital right now with some leukemia issues. Isn't that right? Right. So, um, but right now, so her name is Nohea. So um, I know that Renee was going to take a video. Where are you at, Renee? Right there. Okay, here we go. We're going we're gonna to take a video. We're going to pray for Nohea and her family, uh, and then we're going to send it to them. Is that all right? Awesome. Ready, Chad? So Jesus, we thank you so much for who you are and what you're doing. We pray today that you would be with Nohea. God, I pray that you would protect her. Lord, I pray that the doctors would be so surprised with how well that she's doing because Jesus is touching her. Be with our sweet little friend, Lord. Be with Richard and Aggie, Lord, and their girls. We just ask that you bring healing to the Chua family. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your healing power. In Jesus' name, can you say amen? Amen. amen. Awesome. Love you, Nohea. Awesome. It's good. Come on now. Jesus heals, right? Amen. He does. He does. Hey, listen, if you're with us for the first time or the first time in a long time, welcome home. You know, I had somebody say this to me the other day. They said, did you come up with that phrase all on your own? <laughs> welcome home. I think I did. Uh, it just, I, I think uh, maybe I heard it on hee-haw back in the day. I don't know, but listen, if you're not over 40, you don't know what hee-haw is, right? You remember hee-haw. There you go. I, I will tell you this. I, I want to say welcome home because it's so important. I love cramming us all into one room as best we can. So Fox Island Church, welcome home. It's good to have you guys here as well. Some of the Fox Island campus is here and want to say thank you for all showing up. So all in one big moment. We're going to have a great time out there this afternoon. The second thing, by the way, I want to tell you is many of you didn't get a raffle uh, ticket. If you did not get a raffle ticket, can you raise your hand? We got some raffle stuff to give away up here in the front. There we go. Anyone else? If you didn't, uh, uh, and if you want to cheat and grab more than one, then Jesus bless you. <laughs> you got to deal with God on that one. How many of you are good plan makers? You're good plan makers, right? How many of you think you are, but you're actually not? There you, go. there you go. How many of you ever made a plan that you thought was foolproof? That you thought you had all the contingencies, you had all of the what-ifs, you had all of the, it could just possibly happen, but you made a plan like that, and then still it fell through, right? I'm out, come on. There's nothing worse than making a plan like that. I just want to take a minute this morning and talk with you about the plans that we have. The plans that we have. We're in a nation that is, is what it is, right? We live in the, uh, the, the home of the free and the land of the brave, right? We were in this moment where I, I want to talk just briefly about our plans, right? And, and maybe we have taken our plans as a nation and, and uh, gone a little sideways periodically, but I'll tell you this, God still has a plan, right? Come on. And there's no one that you can vote in or out of office that can change God's plan. God will do his thing his way. But I want to talk to you about making plans today. So Lord, help us out in Jesus' name. Amen. Proverbs 16.3 is a verse that many of you have taped on your bathroom mirror. Pro and I don't know that for sure, but I can promise you that there are some of you who either have cards, notes, or posters somewhere in your office or at your house that has Proverbs 16.3 on it. 
Because oftentimes, Proverbs 16.3, when you read it at face value, comes across implying that all we have to do is say a few words and God has to, well, take care of his end of the deal. Right? Let me read it to you in Proverbs 16. I'm going to read it in a couple different translations. But in the New Living Translation, Proverbs 16.3 says this, Commit your work to the Lord, and then your plans will succeed. Right? Proverbs 16.3 in the NIV says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and He will establish your plans. In the New American Standard, it says, Commit your works to the Lord, and your plans will be established. American Standard Version says this, Commit thy works unto Jehovah, and thy purposes shall be established. We get this impression from this particular verse that all we got to do is just say a few words, make a little commitment, and just say a little things, and then God somehow gets his, gets his holy arm pushed up behind his back, and he's got to, he's got to establish your plans. That's so American of us, isn't it? We kind of tell, like, all we got to do is just tell God. In fact, people come to me, and they're like, Lance, you know what? I pray and pray, and God did not answer my prayers. I've heard people tell me that countless times. I pray, and my, it's as if my prayers are hitting the ceiling and falling to the ground. I pray and ask God, and God just doesn't hear me. Let, let me level with you completely. God hears every prayer. Can I tell you that? In fact, I believe God answers every prayer, right? But I also want to tell you this. As a, as a veteran father of three children who have all gone through my house and are now on their own, let me tell you as a veteran daddy, right, that no is an answer. Come on. If you've been a mom or a dad for eight seconds, you know that no is an answer, right? Can you imagine you're like, kids are like, hey, mom, can we go to McDonald's? And you say no. And then they say, mom did not hear my request. <laughs> Clearly, dad is not listening to my my whatever it is, like, nope, dad just said no. No is a viable answer. All too often, though, we want to say, like, well, God didn't hear it my way, therefore he didn't hear. Let me let you know, God does hear. Sometimes he just knows, well, he knows a lot better than us all the time. Amen? Let me break this down for you, because I want to get us to understand what the plans of God are. Because, quite frankly, I believe in the world we're living in today, especially in the, here in America we kind of have this notion that God is just sitting there waiting for us to rub him out of the bottle. And if we rub the genie out of the bottle, he has to grant our three wishes. Church, I, as, as John said earlier today, John Barone, as he came up here, and he talked about the Catholic or the Big C Church. Can I tell you the Big C Church believes God is a genie in a bottle? And we get this notion that all we got to do is just say, we, we got to somehow just say the right words and get him to come out and grant our wishes. Can I tell you this? That's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is not like that. He's not interested in rubbing the bottle or just doing a couple things, right? How many of you ever watched a, uh, the Olympic trials were last week, maybe or a week or two ago, and you got to watch those online and or maybe on TV, and you got to see a little bit of, or maybe a baseball player, Major League Baseball. It does not take an inning before you see somebody um, make a sign of the cross or, or do some sort of a thing or, or, or get up there and go, this is all for you. Kiss their finger and point up to heaven. It's all for you. Can you imagine if I did that before I preached? I would just say, <laughs> right? <laughs> listen, I, I, listen, 
when I was in high school, um, I had a letterman's jacket. I don't know if they still make them today, but I had a letterman's jacket. In my letterman's jacket, uh, I, I was raised Catholic. I had a little, uh, it was a little black pouch that I got sewn into the inside of my letterman's jacket. And inside of it, I put um, a, a rosary, a Catholic rosary. They're basically just prayer beads. And, and I had it sitting right on my heart, right? And before every football game, every wrestling match, every track meet, I would go there and, and I would just be like, come on. Come on, Jesus or Mary or anyone up there. I got to win, right? <laughs> Come, don't look at me like that. You all had your own versions of, no, maybe you didn't, but I did, right? And we get this idea because it's, it's what started out as sweet and maybe appealing to the Lord ended up becoming superstitious. And I kind of ran God out of that situation in my life. Because what would happen is when I didn't, when I didn't put the shot well or when I lost my wrestling match or when I got hurt playing football, it wasn't long for me to say, like, God, how come you let this happen? I prayed. I touched my rosary. I did my things. We get this idea that somehow we can get God to do what we want to do just by simply saying the right words. That's not the Jesus of the Bible. Come on. Listen to this. I'll just go quickly on this. A couple things of this particular passage. If I break it down, the word commit, work, plans, Lord, and establish are all Hebrew words that mean completely different things. To commit means to roll down or to roll over. To work means to, to, to uh, give pursuit to any action or deed. The plans that we make are just the intentions of our heart. The Lord is Jehovah. Established means to set up. So I took this verse and I wrote the, from all of the Hebrew, I wrote my own translation, right? Now I could be wrong, so don't quote me on this one. But I took all that stuff together, and if I could put those words together in their proper understanding of Hebrew, this is what I think it could say. Commit your efforts to the Lord, then your way of thinking will be set up well. On a permanent basis, roll all of your actions, good or bad, onto the lap of the Lord, and he will help arrange your purposes and intentions. Roll it all on the Lord. So how do you commit your ways to the Lord? How do you commit all your things to the Lord? I wrote down three things because like Pastor Chris last week, I'm a three-point guy. I'll tell you this. How do you commit your ways to the Lord? Number one, you commit your ways to the Lord when your heart is genuine. A genuine heart, right? Um, I, I think too often we have our walk with Jesus and some of us have genuine uh, nature in our hearts. Some of us have ulterior motives. Some of us have really wacky understandings and we get God kind of in this um, I'll give you this if you give me that idea. That's how my relationship was before I really knew the Lord. Was really, it was, a, it was a, um, a real transactional relationship. If I do this for you, God, I'm going to do a couple nice things. I'll help out my neighbor. I'll, I'll do these kinds of things. I'll even throw a little extra in the offering. But then you kind of owe me. Right? I don't know about you, but some of you have a transactional relationship with Jesus. And in your mind's eye, you think that if I just do a little things or have a little bit of this or do a little extra, that somehow God is obligated to say yes. That's not the Jesus of the Bible. That's not the God of the Bible. He's not a transactional God. He's a relational God. Your heart is everything. Your heart is everything. Psalm 119.9 says this, How can a young person stay on the pathway of purity, living according to the word? By living according to your word, I seek you with all my heart. I do not, do not let me stray away from your commands, for I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And your heart is everything. How do you commit your ways to the Lord? Number two, how do you commit your ways to the Lord? 
you commit with all your effort. Commit with all your effort. Now, I think it's important to understand that when we begin to commit our ways to the Lord, that it's more than just words. Committing your ways to the Lord requires effort. I think we kind of fail to, I've had people come to me and say, hey, pastor, I'm prayed, I believe, and I'm trusting, and I've even claimed it. But I, I don't really know about that job. And I, I would say to them something like this, well, did you apply? <laughs> no, I just claimed it. <laughs> did, you, did you attempt to try to talk to someone there? Nope, I'm just claiming it. It's my job. I was like, you might want to apply. It'd be important. Well, I want to get to, I want to get into that school. Great. Did you look at the requirements? Do you qualify? <laughs> you, can I tell you this? Sometimes we need to work hard. King David, right? We know King David is a little boy. We talked about him a few weeks ago. King David killed a giant because he had he picked up five smooth stones. By the way, I think he picked up five smooth stones because he was going to knock out Goliath and then four of his friends. <laughs> he knew he trusted himself, right? Why? Because he was pretty good with that sling. I'll tell you this right now. Sometimes we fail to remember that David practiced a bunch when no one was looking. Right? David practiced a bunch. Joshua, you know what he did? Remember Joshua when he brought the children of Israel out of the desert into the promised land? Spent 40 years walking around with a bunch of grumpy people. <laughs> Super grumpy people, right? And after 40 years, he gets them on the other side of this, of this moment. And, and then God says, hey, listen, Josh, I wanted you to do something. Before we go take Jericho, here's how we're going to do it. March around it once a day for seven days, and on the seventh day, march around it seven times. Could you imagine Joshua's like, seriously, God? Why don't you just make the wall fall down? Just, just, come on. But God, God put their feet to the fire. God put their feet in action. Can I tell you this? Some of us need to get our feet in action. Some of us need to be working towards the thing. I, I love how somebody said this before. They said, you need to trust the Lord like everything depends upon him, but work as if everything depends upon you. Come on. You need to trust the Lord with everything depends upon him, but work as if everything depends upon you. In other words, the Bible says to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, but who correctly handles the word of truth. We've got to work hard at this. Right? You remember Ruth? Remember Ruth and Boaz? Remember Ruth? Ruth was the great-great-grandmother of David. Ruth was this woman who was a Moabite. She was... Like I said before, she was of the enemy's camp, brought her back. Can I tell you this? She attracted the eye of Boaz because she went into his field and gleaned. What does that mean? She worked. She worked for the boss. The boss recognized her and said she's a hard worker. Some of us want to pray ourselves into something, but we don't realize that at some level, we also have to be working on our thing. What, what is it that you have to work on? Whatever God has your hands at right now. Remember, David didn't go to king school. David was a shepherd. God made a king out of a shepherd. You might be work. I remember God take a forklift driver out of Costco, me, and made me a preacher. Come on. I did so much pastoring at Costco, it was not even funny. People would come up to me on my forklift, hey, you got a second? What about? And they would ask me about this or that, right? Let me tell you this, wherever it is that you are right now, that's the field God has to train you for your mission. You realize that? Yeah, but Lance, I got to go off to this, whatever. I got to do that, whatever. No, just do the thing that you're called to right now really well. Come on. Commit your ways to the Lord. Number three, how do you commit your ways to the Lord? Leave it with Jesus. You got to leave it with him. Right? I love that phrase in the Hebrew that says to commit means to roll it over onto his lap. I get this picture of our ways being this, you know, 30-pound boulder on your lap. A 30-pound boulder, that's your, that's your ways, that's your new job you're looking for, that's your, 
house, that's your car, that's your dream, whatever it is, and it's sitting on your lap. And you're like, God, I want to lift this to you. And here's what he says. Just roll it over on my lap. When you roll it over on his lap, it's too hard to take back. Some of us, some of us are seeking God for healing. Some of us are seeking God for something. But we have the boulder sitting on our lap. And let me tell you, when you have a 30-pound boulder sitting on your lap, your feet go numb. Come on. And some of you, are, that was funny. <laughs> Tough crowd. But I'll tell you this right now. You're, some of you are getting a little tired carrying that boulder on your lap. Because he never intended you to carry that. He intended you to roll it over on his. By the way, trusting doesn't mean that you just turned a blind eye. Trusting means you give it to him and continue at the work he has you at now. He'll take care of it in his time. He'll do his thing in his time. He loves you. Can I just get church? I want you to say this with me. Say, say Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Come on now, you know that Jesus loves you. And because he loves you, he's not interested in watching you run around bumping into walls because there's no good reason for it. He loves you. If there's one thing I want you to walk away with today, I want you to know this. You can commit your ways to the Lord by simply working hard at what you're doing right now, trusting him by rolling the boulder onto his lap and watching God begin to do what he said, that he would help arrange your purposes and intentions. He's not going to grant your wishes the way you want to unless they're his wishes the way he wants to. And I want us to be able to say, isn't there such joy in that? Isn't there such peace in that? Because you don't have to figure it out. I mean, there, how many times have you, been, you prayed for something in your life? God, make it happen. Let it be. And you're, after a while, you're like, "Woo! glad you said no to that. Some of, you, some of your wives are like, like you would have married that lady and she's terrible. Right? So, right? Come on, some of you would have taken that job. Some of you would have gone to that situation, but God said no, and he spared you. We all have those places in our life because we trust in Jesus. Amen? I want to pray for you. Jesus, this morning, as we take this time to spend with you and commit our time to you, Lord, we ask, I just pray right now, God, that as every eye is closed and every head's bowed, that maybe there's people here today who have had something so heavy on their lap God, that their toes are turning blue, and they're literally saying, God, I can't let go of this. Right now, I just want you to envision just taking that boulder and just rolling it onto the lap, rolling it onto the lap of Jesus right now. Just say that, Jesus, I just roll it onto your lap. I trust you, God. We need you a bunch. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. And I just want to take a moment and look around and see all this awesome 